HMAS Perth 1 was a modified Leander-class cruiser built at the Portsmouth Naval Dockyard in England and commissioned into the Royal Australian Navy in 1939, just before the beginning of World War II. Perth was sunk by Japanese torpedoes in the Sunda Strait on the 1st of March 1942, along with USS Houston. At the time of her loss, Perth's company totaled 681 men, comprising 671 naval personnel, six Royal Australian Air Force personnel, and four civilians, who were canteen staff. 353 of these men died when Perth sank, including the captain, Heck Waller. This was the first Royal Australian Navy ship to be called Perth, but not the last. To help explain the significance of the Perth name within the Royal Australian Navy and the meaning this name has for defence personnel and communities, I am joined by Daryl Hegarty, President and Secretary of the HMAS Perth National Association. Daryl, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. It's a pleasure. So I've just mentioned that HMAS Perth 1 had a namesake. Can you tell us about HMAS Perth 2? Yes, the uh, second ship to be named Perth was built in uh, Bay City, Michigan. Uh, it was uh, launched on the 26th of September 1963 and it was commissioned on the 17th of July 1965 in Boston, USA. Um, the shipped company was 333 people consisting of um, 21 officers and uh, 312 sailors. So 333 crew in total, yes. consisting of 21 officers and the rest were sailors. Yeah. And what sort of service did HMAS Perth 2 see? Uh, it was a, a guided missile destroyer. It's a, just about the first guided missile ship that the Australian Navy had. And uh, we, very soon after joining the RAN, the Perth did a, a deployment in Vietnam uh, for six months. And uh, the first deployment had begun, I think, at about the third or fourth day of the deployment, we got hit by an enemy shell and uh, quite a bit of damage was done to the Mount 52, which is the after gun, and uh, a hole through the deck and the shell exploded in a confidential book office, which was a kind of a safe, um, doing very, very little damage to anywhere or any person inside the ship. And I understand that by the time she was finally decommissioned in October 1999, she had sailed over a million miles, a million nautical miles. Is that right? Yes, yes. She did a lot of sailing over the 34 years that she was in commission. I mean, 34 years is a long time anyway for a ship. And a uh, million kilometres or a million miles, nautical miles. It's quite astonishing when you think about it. And what are the other things you can tell us about HMAS Perth 2? Um, 
Well, I've already mentioned that she had uh, 333 crew, um, which is quite a large crew in today's standards. But uh, let's face it, it was a, a 1965 ship, a fairly old ship. We didn't think so when we were on it because it was a very modern ship to us. Uh, there was a lot of um, new equipment that we had to uh, maintain and, and look after, so that's why the large, largest crew. Uh, so it, you say that it was a, a large crew, 333 people on board, but um, if you think about how many people constituted the company on HMAS Perth 1, it's actually a lot smaller, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. Once again. More more uh, more modern equipment takes less people to look after it as well. And what was your role on HMAS Perth 2, Daryl? My role was uh, the uh, radar maintenance system. Uh, I was in charge of all radar maintenance on the ship. That's all search radar, not the gunnery or missile radar. And how many years were you posted to HMAS Perth 2? Uh, I was I was on Perth for about four and a half five years, which is a, quite a long time actually to be on one ship. And I understand that this ship HMS Perth Two was one of the last steam powered fighting ships to serve in the Royal Australian Navy. Is that right? Yes, Perth and her two sister ships Hobart and Brisbane were the last three steam ships to serve in the Australian Navy. Uh, Perth was uh, decommissioned in 1999. Um, Hobart and Brisbane were decommissioned a couple of years later. and Or rather, Hobart was decommissioned in 1999. Uh, Brisbane was two years later. And uh, that that was the end of steam. All the, all the other ships in the... Australian Navy were gas turbine. So it really was the end of an era when HMAS Perth 2 and her sister ships Hobart and Brisbane were finally decommissioned. Mm. Yes, yes. And at the time that we're recording this podcast, there's actually a third HMAS Perth. What can you tell us about HMAS Perth 3? She was uh, laid down in Williamstown, Victoria, built by Tenix. And um, the keel was laid on the 24th of July, 03. Um, she was launched on the 20th of March, 04, and commissioned in Fremantle, Western Australia, on the 26th of August, 06. She has a crew of... Um, only 174. It's a smaller ship than Perth 2, being a guided missile frigate or a, a anti-submarine frigate. Um, she has guided missiles. She has uh, an Australian-designed radar, search radar system, which was designed and built by a company in the ACT. Yeah. Well, 
HMAS Perth 3 is an Anzac class frigate. Are there any other ships in that class? Does she have any sister ships? Oh, yes. She has uh, about seven sister ships in the RAN and three in the US, uh, not in the US, the New Zealand Navy. Well, I won't ask you to name them all, but it sounds like the family is growing. Yes. And also the the RAN, uh, because of the importance of Perth 1 and um, uh, Heckwaller, there was a push at one time to have Heckwaller awarded a posthumous VC, but that was knocked back. And um, the RAN came around and said, as a tribute to Perth 1 and Heckwaller, there will always be an RAN ship named HMAS Perth. Well, that I didn't know, Daryl, and I was just about to ask you, is it common for the Royal Australian Navy to use and reuse a ship's name in the way that Perth's has been? Well, it is. It is fairly common to have a ship name reused, but it's the first time ever, I think, that the Navy has promised to always have a ship named Perth. Yeah, that is really significant. Yes, it is. Perth one was was, um, not only the first Australian ship basically to be sunk by um, enemy torpedoes, but it was also the first ship to have the ship's company as prisoners of war. And, of course, they were prison of war on the famous Death Railway in Burma. Um, I did want to ask you about your work. You are the President and Secretary of HMAS Perth National Association. Who are your members and what does the association do? The vast majority of our members are ex-Perth 2 people. We have, uh, I think, only one or two Perth 3 uh, ships company as members. Of course, Frank McGovern is the only Perth 1 person still alive anyway, and he's uh, been a member of our association for a long, long time. Our, Our association was started in the 1987 Welcome Home March for the Vietnam uh, War people because apparently uh, early in the peace we were treated like rubbish. Nobody wanted to know Vietnam. And uh, the Welcome Home March in 1987, one young fellow, actually he was one uh, one of my staff on Perth, um, went around to people at that march and organised to get together and form an association. So the association really did start at the march? Basically, yes. There were a number of Perth associations already running. Each state had their own association. Of course, all Perth one people. And they didn't want to know us. It was it was a bit of a 
difficult thing at first, but um, we managed to calm things down and uh, befriend everybody in the Perth One group, and um, we formed the Perth Association, National Association, and uh, invited all the Perth One people into the association as free non-paying members. All the rest of our membership paid $20 per year. Well, that's a very clever way of bringing people together, waiving the membership fees. (laughs) That's right. It was. It was. Didn't work in every case, but in most cases it did. And do these state-based Perth associations still continue as well? No. We have... uh, just the HMA's Perth National Association now, and we have each state, or we call them areas because they're states and territories, um, have formed their own committee of a president, the vice president, treasurer, and so on, but they're all part of the HMA's Perth National Association. Thank you for clarifying that. That's useful. Um, So, Daryl, what is the significance of the Perth name to your members and to these communities? Well, in in most cases with uh, our members, Perth 2 was the best ship they've ever served on. Um, It was a happy ship. We always had a, a, a good time together. And uh, on the ship, the in my time anyway, early in the piece, uh, the commanding officers were all great, and the uh, actually the, the third commanding officer was our patron up until the beginning of last year, when unfortunately he crossed the bar, which is a naval term for passing away. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was uh, aged 94, I think, at the time, and he had recently, before his death, uh, had a, a massive stroke. So uh, we, we were very unfortunate to lose him. So you've explained to us how the Perth name has been given to these different classes of ships. Perth 1 was a light cruiser, Perth 2 was a destroyer, and Perth 3 is a frigate. What do all the ships have in common? Uh, basically the name. That, that's all, really. Do you think there was a sense of a shared spirit across time connected through this name? Certainly, certainly. Because of the name, um, the uh, ship's companies of each ship really enjoyed the name, enjoyed the fact of the camaraderie, basically, of of the all three ships. I think that camaraderie and that spirit is something that really resonates with every person I speak to about Perth, indeed, whether it's Perth 1 or Perth 2 or even Perth 3. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is about the ship's cat. Um, HMAS Perth 1 had a cat. Red lead. Yeah, so does her spirit live on in HMAS Perth 2 and HMAS Perth 3? 
not so much in Perth too, in my time anyway. Um, but later on, yes, so red lead was brought up from time to time. Uh, there, there is a story about red lead. Um, I think I've got it on the website as well, called The Cat Who Knew. It was trying to uh, escape the ship a couple of times before the ship was sunk. It seemed that cat had some kind of intuition. <laughs> yes. Is it true, maybe you can correct me here, but I understand that Red Lead's paw prints have been painted on Perth 2 and Perth 3? Um, I can't say for Perth 2, I don't know, but Perth 3, yes. I see. Well, thank you for clarifying that. I wasn't sure if it was a, um, a rumour or if it could be confirmed. Yeah, but it might well have been also on Perth 2, but probably a lot later than I was on there. So I'd just like to come back to Perth 1 now, which was lost in the Battle of the Sunda Strait, and the 353 men who went down with this ship and lost their lives, how does your association seek to do justice to the sacrifice that these men made? Um, We organise a uh, memorial service every year on the... uh, 28th of February, 1st of March. In some cases, it's the closest uh, Friday or Saturday to that date. Um, And every state just about has a memorial service. Queensland, Victoria, Western Australia. Um, Don't know about South Australia. We, We have very, very few members there at the moment. Um, certainly New South Wales have one at the um, War Memorial in, in uh, Martin Place, sorry, the Cenotaph. And the AECT used to have one every year at the War Memorial, uh, a special service. But now the um, ACT still has one on that date, but it's combined with their normal uh, closing service each day. Ah, oh, yes, I know what you're referring to. So on the 28th of February or the 1st of March, they will incorporate it into their daily ceremony. Yes, that's right, into their daily closing ceremony, yeah. I also wanted to ask you about the services that take place in Indonesia at the site where HMAS Perth 1 lies because I understand that in the past flowers have been thrown on the water where Perth lies. Have you ever participated in one of these commemoration ceremonies? No, I I haven't. Um, But every time an RAM ship passes through the Sunda Strait, they have a ceremony on board and and drop a wreath. And also uh, there are other ceremonies often held um, by relatives of Perth One people uh, who travel to Indonesia as a group sometimes or individually, and they'll have a, a wreath placing ceremony, and sometimes even they drop a, an Australian flag over the uh, site of this of the ship. Yeah, I have seen footage of the 
the white naval ensign flying, so to speak, underwater off the wreck of HMAS Perth 1? Yes, sometimes um, there has been uh, diving expeditions go down and dive on the ship to see how it is. And uh, as a matter of fact, that's how they discovered the the, uh, scavenger. Are there any other monuments in Australia testifying to HMAS Perth 1? Um, I'm not too sure, but I know in Fremantle there's uh, one of the naval um, heritage organisations is planning to build quite a large monument to Perth 1. Um, It's the same group that built the... um, Monument in Geraldton for for HMA Sydney one. I didn't know it was the same group, actually. We're hoping to talk to him. I think it's Jim O'Neill who's organising that. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. And then the other other thing that you have created through this community, through this national association, is the information that you provide through your website. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, basically the the website. (laughs) I started the website in 1997, I think, I was still working at um, Sydney Institute of Technology at the time, and I, I put the website online temporarily, and it, it uh, seemed to be going okay, so we've kept it going ever since. That is early days for a website, isn't it? Yeah. 1997. <laughs> and. Do you have the website address handy so that you can share it with the people who are listening to this podcast if they'd like to go and have a look? Yes. The website address is uh, www.hmasperth.asn.au. Wonderful. Thank you. Now, I just wanted to ask you one final question. Why is remembering HMAS Perth 1 important? Um, It's very important to not only us, but virtually all Australians because of the loss of life in World War II and the action that Perth was in. Um, It was probably, I think, the largest loss of life in the RAN during World War II. And um, people tend to um, really think seriously about war. It's a terrible thing. Well, Daryl, thank you for your service on HMAS Perth 2 and thank you for putting together and being President and Secretary of HMAS Perth National Association and for sharing your, your thoughts and knowledge with us through this podcast. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it.